Boston University, and, and they were very much pre-COVID. And it's like, oh, well, Jesus only drank wine because you couldn't drink the water. It's like, yeah, it was all that industrial pollution. What's to, what are your favorite stories? Yeah, and when, when he finds out he's dead, he, it, it, the shortest verses in all of Scripture, Jesus wept. What else? What are some of the things Jesus did? When he fought corruptions, when he turned over the tables in the, uh, in the temple, you've turned my father's house into a den of robbers. Other stories. What are some of the stories that you love? Yeah. Oh, that wimpy Jesus. He lifted up those who were downtrodden. Yeah, he was always lifting up those whose society um, considered to be less. The untouchables. He even was good to women. Shocking! Anybody else? Yeah. Let the little children come to me. Um. I'm hoping you're depicting a theme here. Jesus is always gracious. He's at the, the wedding of Cana. His mother comes up to me and says, they're out of wine. This is a disaster. And so what do you get? You get either anywhere between 180 and 120 gallons of wine. That's how much those, those purification um, pitchers held. He... Loved and lifted up people. How many? Of this is your fa- How many of you? This is your favorite story. So the Gentile woman comes up to him and says, "My daughter is sick. I need a healing." And how does he respond? It's not right to give the children's food to the dogs. And she says, yes, but even the, chil- even the dogs eat the scraps that fall from the children's table, and he heals the young girl. How many of you think that was Jesus' best moment? Any hands? No, probably not. How many of you, when there's the, the time when there's the lepers, and these are people who are their outcasts, and they're outside, and they, nobody can touch them, and they've got, if you're coming up, they've got to say, unclean, 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 and he heals them. He lays hands, and he heals them. These are people you're not supposed to touch. These are people you're supposed to avoid. How many of you like that story? How many of you have ever felt for some reason in your life that the love that the world is supposed to give everybody who bears the image of God, and we all do, when you're in a moment when no one has given you any love, when you just feel that everything is stacked against you and suddenly you feel a moment of grace. Somewhere, somehow, somebody makes you feel like you are so important that the whole world is worth it. How many of you like that feeling? We are celebrating World Communion Sunday today. And I was so, I I had decided to take this message and it's like, you know, we're all together. And I want to do it a little differently. 
because I got on HuffPost and I read about a young priest in Montana. I don't know if you, how many of you heard this story. But these two men who had been together for 30 years and they went to this godforsaken land called California. And they solemnized their love in marriage. And they went back to their community of 500 people in Montana, one of those progressive bastions in the country. And they told no one because they really didn't think it was anybody's business. But, of course, in a small town of 500, everything is everybody's business. And so the priest said, sorry, I can't offer you communion. Unless you do three things. First is you've got to get divorced, because the church, Catholic Church pushes divorce. They're big believers in it. Second of all, you've got to live apart. And third, you got to write a letter to your congregation, this parish, and say marriage is between one man and one woman. And they said, wow, we love this church. And it split the congregation right down the middle. Half the people said, we got to side with the pastor, the priest, who knows what he's talking about. He's been to seminary. Let me tell you, that don't mean zip. <laughs> and the other half who said, you know, they've been in this church a long time. And all of the other priests have happily given them communion, holy, the Holy Eucharist, the body of Christ. And what are we doing? The bishop came in and said, oy vey. Um, oy vey. Um, well, yeah, kind of. Uh, sides with the priest because of canon law and all that other stuff. And I, I read that, and it, it, it literally knocked all the wind out of me for the rest of the day. I'm thinking, can you imagine Jesus saying, this is my body, <laughs> but only if you're straight. This is my... This is the cup of blessing for you, unless you're a homosexual. Can you imagine Jesus ever saying anything like this? Let me explain the traditional definition of a sacrament. I know this is a time when you can allow your mind to wander. Okay, Just, just allow yourself to take a little nap here. The classical understanding of a, of a sacrament comes from St. Augustine. In the 4th century, it's old. It's an outward, invisible sign of an inward and spiritual grace. It's an outward sign of an inward reality. Who is the actor? When I go up there and I'm going to break bread later. Who is the actor when I'm doing that? Is it me? No! It's not me. Is it Higher up the food chain? Yes. It's higher up the food chain. Sacraments, according to the church, it's really cool in Latin. It's ex operare operato. It sounds awesome in Latin. It means sacraments are effective simply by being performed. If you want to give an item of grace, say this is this sacrament, why would you ever deny a sacrament to anybody? 
If God makes it effective simply by being performed, why would you ever, under any circumstances, deny that to anyone? If you can answer that, you're smarter than me. Many people are. I can't figure out the God that I love saying, you get blessed, you don't. We are to be a church for others. We are meant to not say, what's in it for me? But how can I participate in the grace that God gives to all of us and bless others? That's what the church does. That's why we have an Oktoberfest. For some people, Oktoberfest is a chance to eat brats and drink beer at church. I mean, that's really awesome. A lot of churches, you can't do that. We can do that here. But that's a means of getting you there. Brats and beer, people will show up for brats and beer. And wine if you like wine. But the reason we have an Oktoberfest is not to play German music and wear lederhosen. It's to say, we've got kids in L.A. that Chris and Jen are looking after, and I don't care how much money we raise for those kids, they're going to burn through that in maybe two months. And the rest is coming out of their pockets. Don't kid yourself how much money it takes to raise kids. If you want them not to be involved in gangs, you have to give them something to do. 16-year-old boys in the hood are going to want to play basketball or soccer or football. They need to hit something. They've got aggression. The world is against them. You want them hitting a ball. You don't want them hitting somebody else. In this country, that takes money. Uniforms, shoes, all that other stuff. What we do has kept kids from getting in gangs. In the Talmud, it says, He who saves the world is this, he saved the entire world. He who saves an individual, excuse me, <laughs> didn't come out right. He who saves an individual, it is if he saved the world, excuse the sexist language. Anyone who saves a person, it is if they save the entire world. Jesus was always somebody who, when the choice was grace or judgment, the only person who got judged were the Pharisees because they thought that they were righteous. People who didn't think they were righteous, they were fine. But if you think you're righteous, watch out. Because I don't know about you, but I fall short all the time. I got a friend who writes The Sins We Love. I mean, I do those suckers every day. Same ones over and over. I'm not killing people. I'm not sleeping with anybody except for my wife when she's home. She's in Florida. But the little things, I'm really proud of what I can do. You know, I'm very helpful. Thank you very much. I feel very good about that. I love my sins. I love them a lot. I keep them close to me. I struggle with that, but I do. And we all need grace, because we all fall short. The reading in Philippians says, look, Jesus is a pretty high up the food chain kind of guy. 
Did he come to be served? This is a yes or no question. You got a 50-50 chance. If you listen to the scripture, the answer is no. Taking the form of a servant. Taking the form of a servant. As an example of what it means to be a child and minister of God. At the bottom of your program in the back, it talks about who the ministers of the church are. And you know who they are? All of you. There's one called pastor, much to your great chagrin. But you're all ministers of this church. All called to the ministry of grace, of love, of being a church for others. And so when we get in debates in the Christian community about who would God exclude? Who would Christ deny grace? The answer is what? No one. Can I hear that one more time? Who is it? No one. We are a church that affirms you and I and everyone else because we are created in the image after the likeness of God and that's awesome that's awesome the stories that you love about Christ I'm quite sure are all stories of grace of acceptance of giving on World Communion Sunday I want us to pray to be a church that embraces everybody. Amen. Did you have something you want to say? I can remember going to, I only come to um, California fairly recently, and I went to a Lutheran church, and I was refused communion because I wasn't a member. Refused communion because... She wasn't a member. I went to a Lutheran undergraduate, and there was, uh, theoretically, it was an ELCA church right across the street, and I went with my friend to take communion, and you had to sign a card. Do you believe five things? One of them was the virginity of Mary. And I just, I, I, for the life of me, I'm, I'm thinking Jesus is at the, the Last Supper with his disciples, and he takes the cup, the cup of salvation, and says, before you drink of this, about my mother... I'm trying to picture that moment in my mind, and I'm struggling to do so. Who would Jesus exclude? Who would Jesus say, sorry, hon, you can't have the holy sacrament of this church because you're not a member? I'm sorry, that offends me. I hope it offends you. And that's not to put down Lutherans. But we need to be a light to not just the nations, but to ourselves. Amen.